welcome back to Cthulhu Light Show, your one-stop shop for nerd news you've already heard and opinions you don't need. On today's episode, we'll be discussing some nerd news, and then the Netflix Castlevania series. My name is Dakota. I'm Brian. And this is our podcast. <laughs> back to our podcast this is our podcast we ever tell you this is our podcast <laughs> you guys ever heard of a podcast before <laughs> fucking idiots uh, how about we talk about some news dakota that's for the best <laughs> okay so um former nintendo of america boss reggie fils-aimé uh father of a thousand memes joined gamestop's board of directors which is actually not as amazingly surprising news as people thought. I think when this news first broke, people thought that it meant that like, oh my God, Reggie's in charge of GameStop now. That's not really what it means to be on a board of directors. Um, Usually boards of directors are just made up of like executives with lots of experience and success who can give advice, attend meetings, evaluate executives, things like that. And uh, you know, it's, it's a way for him to like collect a steady paycheck without having to do that much work, um, generally. So I don't know if it's really even fair to say that he's come out of retirement already. There is something funny about him saying that he was stepping down to spend more time with his wife and kids, and then literally a fucking year later announcing that he's on a board of directors for another company, but whatever. (laughs) And it's not just him joining uh, GameStop's board of directors. There's also uh, William Simon, the former CEO of Walmart, fascinating and james simonic semantic it's semantic s- s- something uh something polish it's probably semantic that's semantics <laughs> i see what you did there uh james polish last name is the current ceo of PetSmart. so weird man you got one man who is like an incredibly important figure in an incredibly important video game company. And then you got Walmart Man and PetSmart Man? Yeah. Like, at least Walmart handles the sale of video games. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Can't wait to be able to buy video games at PetSmart. GameStop thinks that its patrons are stupid animals. <laughs> they, want pet- <laughs> they want PetSmart. You get a lot of sheep at PetSmart? We get plenty of them at GameStop. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Fizeme said, uh, "Quote: The gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop." Do you actually agree with that, Dakota? I I do. Yeah. In, in the neo luddite way that, like, I still prefer buying physical games over digital. I do as well. Yeah. Um, and I do think having a secondary market for video games is very nice. Um, I think GameStop has always been like a little bullshit, but kind of a necessary evil. Yeah. In my, in my mind. Yeah. And there's been lots of talk of them going down for a long time, so it's interesting to see this development. Yeah, I've been waiting on them uh, to close for the last five years. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of closing, there's this uh, this fucking disease going around. You might have heard of it. Yeah. This this indie disease. (laughs) (laughs) You might have heard of it. It's a real real low-key disease. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's uh. The fucking coronavirus. Which I'm so fucking sick of talking about. We've talked about it like five episodes in a row. But it's not stopping. Yeah. But what also isn't stopping is uh, Switch sales in South Korea. Because apparently the coronavirus is increasing Switch sales in the country of South Korea. Since everything is fucking shut down now. Which we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, since we're looking at a... uh... 
the fuck is this? That's thegamepost.com. Oh my god, I didn't recognize the logo at all. We're I, I never did. I looked at the URL. Oh, okay. There we go. Thegamepost.com, which really needs a new logo. <laughs> Looks like a fucking foreign language. Looks like runes. Um... According to them, there's been a 336% increase between Mar- or February 18th and March 2nd. Supposedly that stems from people being, like, quarantined in their homes. And I've also, I saw, I didn't, I didn't see if this was verified anywhere. I think I saw it on a fucking Reddit post. So take it with a grain of salt. But uh, uh, apparently there's some game that's becoming extremely popular, specifically because you, it, inqu- it encourages, like, physical activity to play it. Oh, that's uh, oh, a Ring Fit Adventure. Yes, yes. Um, that, like, the Wii effect is coming back to help the Switch, where it's like, but it's exercise, Mom! And it's like, people are using it to try and be active while they're stuck indoors, which is, you know, earlier we talked about how the Switch production was slowing down because of the coronavirus, but this is a weird way in which the coronavirus is also, in one specific part of the world, like, boosting uh, Switch business, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of things shutting down, I did have a list pulled up that Brian yelled at me for before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Because I just kept going. There's yeah. so much shit that he was, has been... He was absorbed. There's so much shit that has been canceled or postponed. Uh, E3, specifically, that just came down, I think, today or yesterday. Yeah, I think As it was, time of recording. I think it was today, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, that E3 uh, yeah. was canceled this year. Emerald City got Emerald canceled. Emerald City Comic Con was canceled. I think PAX East... Yes. Got canceled. Yeah. A lot of nerd conventions are getting canceled. Yeah, because... With good reason. We're, 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 we're two nerdy men. Have you, yes. ever, you ever been to a convention? Not once. I went to uh, C2E2 right. like yeah. four years ago. Yeah, I had the opportunity to. I just wasn't available. And I understand why <laughs> the coronavirus was spread like fucking wildfire there. Oh, yeah. I got on one hand the number of people I saw wash their hands <laughs> and hit the fucking convention bathroom. I can count on my one dirty, unwashed hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but some of the things that have been canceled, besides the ones we already mentioned, uh, Adam Sandler's stand-up comedy tour has, oh been, my po- God. has been postponed. Classic, Don't worry. Classic nerd news. <laughs> Our Adam Sandler tickets are going to be just fine. They'll be, on- <laughs> they'll be honored at a later date. Oh, my goodness. Something that I think is more worth talking about is that all these places are saying they're postponing it. Like, Emerald City Comic Con, I think, said that they're postponing it until the summer. There's no fucking way, right? It's just canceled. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because if people are canceling shit now, imagine what it's going to be like, you know, three months from now. Well, like, Emerald City in particular, that convention center is not solely devoted to that. You know, like, other things happen in in every one of these convention centers, you can't just, like, say, oh, yeah, we'll do it eventually and then assume that there's a window open. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these, they're, they, they're trying to, like, be health and safety conscious without freaking people out and saying, you know, it's canceled, you're not getting your money back or whatever. I hope they do refund people for a lot of this stuff. Oh, they've got to. I think they will, probably. I'm gonna be flying out to Florida in the next couple of weeks. And I'm going uh, global pandemic or not, because good, good for you, man. I don't know if these tickets are refundable. Uh, in in less depressing news, Brian, uh, there's a Black Widow trailer out. There really is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad because I don't want to like it, but I probably will. 
I didn't think this trailer was all that particularly impressive, though. The one thing about it that stuck with me was when you said that, what was it, you said this movie looks ridiculous or something? Yes. Because it really does. Like, the more you watch the trailer, the, the more, like, unbelievable shit you see happen in it. Like, you already saw the clip of her, like, diving through debris in slow motion, but now there's a, the fucking Taskmaster's coming after her with a sword, and they're, like, bouncing from, like, debris to debris. Very strange. Yeah, it, it comes off as... Marvel finally getting into the, like, Fast and Furious style of movie. Yes, yeah, I would Where it's just would. insane bullshit for an hour and a half. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But because it's a Marvel movie, it'll be two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they're also trying to make it another, like, family team dynamic movie. I think they're probably s- still scared that, like, a woman can't lead a superhero movie. Um, that's my that's my skeptical assumption. Um that or they just didn't know how to make a Black Widow movie without having, like, three other central characters in it. Um, Taskmaster looked better in this trailer than he had before. Definitely. Um, there was a nice shot of him using a bow and arrow, which seemingly... Imp- like, for anybody who doesn't know, Taskmaster's thing is when he sees somebody fight, he can instantly copy their fighting style. So I, I think they were trying to imply that, like, he had fought Hawkeye in the past and had emulated Hawkeye's style. Mm. Which is literally a shoot thing with bow. <laughs> But really well. But really, he's, he's really good with the bow. That or just shooting explosives at people. Which he's also really good at. Yeah, it'd be much more efficient to just like, use a grenade launcher or something, but whatever. That's not as fun. That's not as fun. <laughs> you gotta have these fucking C4-packed arrow tips. Yes, that are... God, imagine if he just fell on his back. One <laughs> <laughs> of these big Avengers movies. <laughs> he trips. Everyone's, everyone's doing cool shit. Yeah. And then it's just... Hawkeye trips and fucking explodes. I mean, they're seemingly, like, pressure sensitive. There's no fuse or anything on them. There's no, like, timer or trigger or anything that we know of. Whatever. It looked pretty good, probably. We will see it and review it when it comes out. It's a... Are we? I would assume so, yeah. All right. It's a Marvel movie. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. It's. Yeah. It's at least gonna be passable. I'm yeah, sure. it'll yeah. be. It, it won't be a waste of money. I. Kind it of won't a... be birds of prey. Yeah. Hey, we like that. All right, did. Anyway, kind of on principle, I kind of wish I wouldn't like it because I'm really annoyed that they waited all this time to make a Black Widow movie, and then you know after they removed her from the the like actual like she will hopefully never be in a present day film again they were like what if we make gave her a prequel film now now that we know that wonder woman did well now we're brave it's very annoying i think it's very inspirational oh yeah i i I was legitimately interested in a black widow movie around the time of like civil war which i think is when this is roughly set (sighs) let's get into that fucking juicy sexy topic oh yeah this thing so i'm a big like longtime fan of the castlevania show and to some extent the games dakota as we just said is completely new to them uh or completely new to the show and he binged all of it very recently i've been watching it since it first came out i've been eagerly waiting for every season um i'm a big fan of it um dakota do you have any history with the castlevania games which this the show is loosely based on castlevania 3 plus some other stuff um no not really 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was never really into Castlevania. Yeah. I, um, I've um i mostly played, like, uh, we've mentioned before, Dakota and I are pretty big, like, retro game nerds. So I've played, like, Castlevania 1, I've played some of 3, I've played 4, um, I've played Dracula X. Um, and I don't mean, like, Rondo of Blood, I mean, like, I, I actually physically own the Dracula X cartridge for Super Nintendo, which I, I think is actually relatively rare nowadays, as far as Super Nintendo games go. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's like ninety bucks, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my dad owns it and I you know, I quote unquote inherited it from him. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. And then I've played some of Symphony of the Night. I've never actually finished it, but um so my Castlevania experience as far as the games goes is pretty limited. As I've already said, I'm a big fan of the show. I've seen seasons one and two several times each. I've watched season three twice now. Um and I like it. Dakota, what before we get into season three, uh, I guess I should say there will be spoilers for the show as a whole. We'll remind you again when we get into season three spoilers, but for now I think we should just talk about seasons one and two. So Dakota, as the person who's like freshly initiated to the series, what were your general impressions of the first two seasons? Oh man. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm gonna catch some shit for this. Hot take inbound. Yeah. I wasn't super into seasons one or two. Yeah. Like... Ugh, this this show is just so fucking slow. Yeah. It's... I don't know how to describe it, honestly. You just did, bro. It's slow. It... I'm trying to think of a better way to describe it. Yeah. Because it kept my attention. Yeah. Which is the baseline for any sort of entertainment medium. Yeah. Um, I, I just, like, really could not get into it. Yeah, the general impression I got when you were texting me about it was that, like, you didn't necessarily think it was bad, but you, like, I, I hyped it up to you, and a, a good friend of ours is even more into the show than I am, and you clearly didn't, like, understand the hype. I was, I didn't, get, I got a little dismayed when you got to, like, the second half of season two and still weren't super into it, because for me, like, I think season one is pretty good. It's not the, like... It's not filler per se, but it is like a little tangential. Like if you view the main conflict of Castlevania being we have to find Dracula and kill him, like season one, they don't even get onto that path until the end of season one. Like episode one is establishing why Dracula is killing people. And then the next three episodes are about establishing Trevor, then Sypha, then Alucard. And it's literally an entire season of, exp- of like, uh, fucking explanations. Which, in fairness, it's only four episodes. Um, and there's some pretty nice moments in there. Um, I, I really like season one, partly because it is so short. It's still, it's like 90 minutes of, yeah. like, of just backstory. No, I mean, you have the stuff with him, like, him and, like, Sypha defending the speakers, and then the night creatures attack and stuff, and, um, you know, finding Alucard and everything. Um... Season one is not particularly deep, but it's, I think it's fun. It's relatively fast paced. The music's good. The, the animation and action are just fucking beautiful. Um, but yeah, season one, I think is solid, but admittedly it's all about getting onto the plat path of the plot. It's not actually about directly pursuing the conflict. The, the season one ends with them being like, all right, let's go kill Dracula. I do think season two is way more slow paced than it needs to be. Yeah. I'm going to come out here right now. Season two 
could also have been probably four episodes. I would have nailed the same thing it did in eight. I think it should have been four episodes. Uh, at least, like, six or something. I. It's funny because a lot of complaints have been leveled at season three for being, like, filler-heavy. I think season two is just as, if not more, filler-heavy. Um, I mean, granted, like, the back half of season two has, like, crucial plot stuff, but for the first four episodes, it's, like, vampire politics and flashbacks. Yeah! And none of that's particularly interesting. I, I never thought. Some of the vampire politics stuff was interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was alright. Yeah. Uh, the introductions of Isaac and Hector definitely yeah. helped with that. I think they are probably the most... Them and Dracula are, like, the most interesting part of those kind of fillery parts. Dracula is easily the, the best part of, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much the first two seasons. Yeah. I want to like Carmilla more. Her scheming is like fun, but it also could have been reduced to like one episode of scheming, one episode of executing the scheme, you know? Yeah. Um, like the payoff would feel better if, if we didn't hear about it for so long. Yeah. Uh, if there wasn't so much buildup to it, I think. But I do personally think that once you get to the second half of season two, it gets really good. What do you think of the various characters in seasons one and two? Like, what do you think of our main cast and our bad guys and stuff? Um, they grew on me. Okay. God, I'm just going to be super negative this entire episode. Yeah, probably. I, I feel bad about this, honestly. Because it's not a, it's not a incompetent show. It's, yeah. it's good, yeah. per se. I mean, I don't know how to word it. Yeah, I I think it's I think it just has pacing problems in places. It's it's good, but I I didn't like it until we'll we'll get into it. But um the characters it took me a lot longer than it usually than it usually does for me to like get into like the characters and their dynamics and stuff. Yeah. Once I did, like I, I enjoyed most of them. Trevor's fine. He's entertaining. Uh, Trevor's probably my personal favorite. Um, I, I think he has, like, he has a great way of delivering, like, depressing but sarcastic one-liners. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites from, I think, in season one, when he first has to fight the Cyclops thing, he says, uh, God shits in my dinner yet again. <laughs> in this, like, in this incredibly, like, I'm so fucking done with this voice that I love. Yeah. Uh, Sifa's great. I love Sifa. Sypha, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Damn, you watched this yesterday. You can't remember. We finished. I watched this today. Yeah, we finished season three today, and you can't remember how to say fucking Sypha's name. Um, yeah, Sypha's cool. Sypha's great. Fucking love her. Her voice really threw me off for a long time. Because you couldn't, like, place her accent? Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's like, uh, Latin American doing Eastern European. Yeah. In America? I never gave a ton of thought to it, honestly. Um, I put entirely too much thought into it. That's how you know you were bored. Yeah. Alucard's cool. Yeah, I like Alucard. Yeah, that's, that's about it. He's cool. He, he serves his purpose. Uh, yeah. Now, you had a special soft spot for one of the bad guys. Oh, alright. Yeah, yeah. Season 2, with all the vampire politics and shit. I fucking love Godbrand. Yeah. He's, it, it, it's so simple. He's just, he's explicitly evil. He's just, he's a fucking Viking vampire. Mm-hmm. And whoever did his voice acting fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, the writing fucking rock solid every time for him. I just, I really, really enjoyed Godbrand. I was sad to know that 
uh, spoilers for season two, even though it's been out for like two years, he dies in like episode five. Yeah. I like Godbrand, but I was kind of relieved when he did die because I was like, this is going to get old so fucking fast. Um, they do, don't they do like a, like a flashback of Godbrand, like as a Viking killing people? Uh, he's, you know, he's still a vampire there. I know, but like he's a Viking vampire. Yeah, but he's running, like he's, he's running through, he's running through the forest. He's yeah. Sla- slashing dudes in half. Yeah. Which, can we get into, when do you want to get into like just how fucking gory this show is? Let's, let's hang on. Let's save that for a minute. I just want to address like the Godbrand flashback because Dracula has one of those as well. And, like, I guess the point is to illustrate what he was like in his prime. But that when I when people say that, like, season three has more filler than season season two, what I don't get is, like, at least season three doesn't have completely pointless, like, flashbacks. Season three is filler in the sense that, like, it doesn't really relate to, like, the Dracula conflict very much. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't, like... Season three, I understand people thinking it's fillery because it, do, it seems maybe a little static. Like, it doesn't seem to move much. But at least there's not, like, several episodes where we just see pointless flashbacks of people murdering people, like, for no reason but to waste time. I knew who Godbrand was the minute he opened his mouth. I didn't need a flashback to characterize him further, you know? His character is very simple and (laughs) two-dimensional, you know? Viking vampire slaughters humans. Yeah. There it is. The Dracula flashbacks are a little more appropriate, but I also think, like... Dracula was a badass who was merciless and killed people, was perfectly well established in season one when you see skeletons on pikes. How are those skeletons still stuck together on pikes? I don't know, but it's a cool image, right? Like, that is that is implicit storytelling right there. This dude killed a lot of guys, and he wasn't afraid to do it in a really cruel way. Yeah. Like, I don't need a flashback to show me that, too. Um, so, while I really like season two, particularly the last three or, three or four episodes of it, I think it is a lot more flawed than people admit it is. Yeah, it. I didn't get into season two until literally the final two episodes, right at the climax. Yeah. See, I like it before that point, but, like, there's clearly, like, a, another little thing that you notice is, like, there's a, there's a brief scene towards the beginning of season two where, like, Trevor and Alucard and Sypha happen upon a group of night creatures and kill them in the woods... That is only there because they wanted to throw in an action sequence to spice up the episode and because they realized they couldn't ignore those three characters for four episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, but once it gets going, I think it gets very good. Um, I love the scene where Trevor defends, like, the Belmont hold from all the monsters coming in. Yeah. That crow monster in particular has a great design. The crow man thing. Um, that shit was dope. I was, was, super, I was super into that. Yeah, it was very cool. Um... I think the entire, like, as soon as they get come into contact with Dracula, the rest of the season is just fucking amazing. The fight with Dracula is amazing. There's a few nice video game references in there. He uses, like, his big molten fireball attack, which my friend and I, when we would play uh, Dracula X, we always called it his meatball attack. Because <laughs> it, it didn't look very good on the Super Nintendo. But anyway. And the scene where Dracula knocks Alucard into his childhood bedroom is great yeah that was like oddly touching it was yeah it was really good my only very slight gripe with that is that they gave us this like pointless action uh flashback with dracula when they could have been giving us a flashback about him like bonding with his son because that's the first time we really see any evidence that dracula loves his son 
Like, in all the time that he's, like, sitting by a fire being sad around Isaac, he never says, like, my god, I tried to kill my son, I can't believe myself. It's not until he has the opportunity to kill his son again that he, like, snaps out of it. Yeah. It's still a very cool moment. I feel like I'm getting excessively negative now. I promise I really like the show. But I, I do think, like, season two made some weird decisions, and I do think they would have benefited from using some of that screen time a little differently. Um, I'll say in 40, dude. Season 2 was a real slog. See, I don't even think that, though. I, I think the first half is a slog. Okay, I'll say it for me, then. Season 2 is a real slog. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm texting Brian, I'm contemplating, like, I'm not fucking into it. This is, like, Season 2, Episode 5. I'm watching it, but, like, I'm not, like, super into it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, there, there could be a few reasons for that. For one thing, you know, I watched season one and then waited with bated breath for season two to come out. And I watched season one, like, several times. So I was, like, really invested in the show and the characters. And I was totally there for the confrontation with Dracula. Um, also, I although my experience with the franchise is fairly limited, I have played enough of the games all the way through to, like, get some of the references and get excited for some of the, like, characters meeting and stuff like that. And that's probably why I'm not super into it, yeah. is because I don't have that history with Castlevania. Yeah. I, I never played any of the games. I yeah. literally only watched this series because I had to for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people, though, who have argued that the show's not good because it's not enough like the games. Like, there aren't enough callbacks or anything. Do we need a whole episode of Trevor Belmont just yeah. fucking platforming and whipping, <laughs> and whipping candles for 25 minutes? <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> Where's the Medusa head? That would be amazing. But I would say, I you, I think you may have just hit the nail on the head a little bit. I think part of the reason why Castlevania has like a pacing slash filler problem is that this is what happens when you adapt um, a video game, particularly a video game that was originally for the NES, which Castlevania 3 was. I mean, the later games are pretty different from the early stuff. I'm not going to pretend to know about them. But, like, Castlevania 3 is a game about clearing levels, beating monsters, getting to each boss, and moving to the next boss. Like, that game is about getting from point A to point B and killing Dracula at the end. And when you try and make, like, an adaptation after that, you have to find a way to make the sole conflict, which is killing Dracula, stretch for 12 episodes... And that means you have to find ways to occupy time because you can't have like a 12 episode fight with Dracula, although it would probably look amazing. Yes, yeah, so that's why you get Vampire Congress for the first half of the, <laughs> for the first half of, of season two. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's a very understandable reason for why there are some pacing issues here. I think they were like, Dracula obviously has to be the end of the season, but we don't just want to make this another four-episode season. We want to take advantage of, like, Netflix's goodwill. Um, but what else do we do with it? You know? Um, how many times can we show them fighting night creatures on their way to the castle before that gets boring, too? Luckily, it never did. No. Which, uh, let's get into that. Let's get into actually, like, positive shit we, we have should. about Castlevania. We should, yeah. Which I'll lead in right now, because I've been seeing a bunch of negative shit so far. Go for it. The action sequences. Yeah. Holy shit, the action sequences. They're gorgeous. I mean, they look great, and they're insanely well choreographed as well. I want to backpedal a little bit here. Okay. The, <laughs> some of the animation yeah. is iffy yeah. on the show, which is fine. It's, it's an action show. You're going to have that. 
obviously we know where the budget went, which was these brilliant action scenes. Yeah. The animation is beautiful. The fight scenes, things actually pick up. The pace is yeah. fast. It's, it's, it's the best part of the show by far. Yeah, I gotta say, um, I didn't really notice a ton of animation problems until season three, where every once in a while there's some various, uh, very obvious, like, missing frames or something that just doesn't quite feel natural, but then all of the fight sequences are even more amazing than they were, you know, before. The action is incredible, and it's gorgeous, and I would say, while I enjoy the story of the series, um... I do think the action and the voice acting are the two major selling points of it. Um, like, my favorite stuff to rewatch with the show is the fight scenes. Um, I think that the, that the, like, the main cast, like, you know, Richard Armitage as Trevor, and then, um, I can't remember the woman who plays Sypha. I can't remember any of them, uh, actually. Alejandra... Something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Um, God damn it. Anyway. The three main characters plus Dracula, like they are all, they all have incredible voice acting. They deliver their lines beautifully. The animation, although it sometimes is a little iffy, there's a lot of like attention to detail. You want to know what like a really small moment from season two that's burned into my brain as just being like beautiful, is um. When when Dracula does knock, Alucard into his bedroom. Before Dracula realizes where they are, he, like, has his hand on the doorframe, and as he steps over the threshold, he, like, cl- like clenches his hand, and his claws, like, perfectly scratch through the, the stone and the wood. And I was just like, first of all, it looks really fluid, and second of all, you didn't have to do that. Like, a lot of, like, art or, or like, animation directors would not think to do that. It would just be, he has his hand on the door, he moves. But, like, they, they they made something so simple as him resting his hand on the doorframe have, like, action to it. Yeah. Um, I think I think stuff like that makes it that much more, like, fleshed out and interesting. It's it's really good. It is really it, good. It's really... I can't stress enough. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not... Obviously, at this point, you guys probably know I'm not a huge fan of Castlevania. At yeah. least the show. But, like, go out of your way to watch these action scenes. Yeah. They're amazing. They're... It's all, it's all anime-inspired... Mm. And like it's it's super fluid. Yeah. Everything I, I can't stress enough. Go watch these these action scenes. Yeah. And uh and a lot of them do contain little references to the games, like Alucard's little red teleporting maneuver. I I think that's in Symphony of the Night, I'm pretty sure. Um That's where you play as Alucard, right? Yeah. And like probably, him him turning then, yeah. him turning into a wolf and stuff, that's Symphony of the Night as well, you know. Trevor gets the Morning Star whip, Sypha has her her, you know, Two, two slash three forms of magic. Whoa. Uh, sp- a small spoiler. Spoiler alert. Uh, this show follows the game. Slightly. I mean, some people will tell you it fucking doesn't. Um, I'm not I'm not well-versed enough in the in the Castlevania lore to really address that. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I do. So we've talked about... I'm, I'm looking at the outline now. We, we have talked about the filler and the pacing problems quite a bit and, like, why I think that exists. Um, I guess we should talk about, like, the overall, like, themes and messages of the first two seasons. Uh, I have written here, is it actually that deep? Uh, is the stance on religion, uh, heavy-handed or simplistic? Um, what do you think? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. It's, it's, and a lot of the humor comes from bashing on religion, on God himself. Um, I'm not religious. I'll just throw it out there. Um, yeah, neither of us are. Yeah, so 
I don't really, I, I got past my edgy internet atheist phase, <laughs> so I'm already past this shit. Yeah. But a lot of what they did, like, the, the big thing for season one is basically church bad. Yes, very much so, yeah. And and even in season two, you get a nice recap of uh, Dracula's wife fucking dying. Yes. Which they had in season one and season two, which is whatever, I yeah. guess. You really got stress. That's, that's Dracula's entire driving factor. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is just like church bad, uh, science bad because of church. It, it, it's just stuff that's already been done to death, really. Yeah, well, the main, it's not even that they spend so much time laughing at the church. It's just that, like, every, dis, like, every despicable person in, uh, particularly season one, is either a part of the church or has been whipped up into a frenzy by the church. And, like, you're consistently shown that the people who hate the church are, like, often close to being uniformly good. Like, um, Lisa, Dracula's wife, is, like, a purely good person who's burned at the stake for, like, using science to heal people yeah, quote-unquote witchcraft right which to be fair is a 100 percent real thing that the church has historically done that's super accurate yes um and like dracula is painted as like somebody who was misunderstood until they finally couldn't take it anymore and they snapped and they did horrible things you know um now season two is a little more responsible about that where they're kind of like maybe the church did some bad shit, but like you're the one choosing to go crazy and eradicate people, Dracula. Like you can't pretend that the church made you do that. That was you. Like Trevor, you know, his family got excommunicated and Trevor's like maybe a little complicated, but he's not really like an amoral person. He's just kind of an asshole. Um, Which everyone is true. in, in what, Wakala? Wallachia? Yeah. It's Wakanda. a real, fu- real fucking place, man. What? Yeah, th- at the time anyway. I don't. I don't know if it's still a territory or like a region now, but huh? Yeah. Wakanda. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> uh, what is Castlevania? Anyway, is Dracula's castle called Castlevania? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I like. I mostly agree with with the message they're conveying because they're not even so much shitting on religion itself as they're shitting on like organized religion like the catholic church namely the catholic church has done some pretty sketchy stuff over the years that's putting it mildly yes it it is um but they really really want you to know that the church is bad in this show really really um i i overall think it works though I i overall think it's done pretty intelligently um for the most part yeah all right anyway so you know dakota didn't super care for seasons one and two i'm a i'm a lot more positive about them but i do think they have their flaws um let's get into season three which has been a very divisive season among amongst the fans as far as i can tell all right i'll jump out ahead right now with another one of my hot takes okay i actually really enjoyed season three yeah like by episode three i'm in there like wow i'm I'm invested finally yeah let's see where this shit goes yeah I think, um, for me, it had a similar problem to season two, which was just that I felt like it wasn't until around the halfway point that I was really into the show again, where I was like, around like six or seven, I was like, whoa, and I was fucking in. Um, the first like five episodes I thought were fine, but not nothing amazing. Pretty much everything we've like, most of the positives we already stated stand. The action's great. The voice acting's great. For the most part, there, <laughs> there's some caveats there. Um, 
what was what was okay what was some stuff that stood out to you as really good and some stuff that stood out to you as pretty bad in this season all right um i guess this is where we can get into spoilers yes oh yeah spoilers sorry yeah so whoever's listening hasn't watched season three yet it's much more it's much newer than seasons one and two yeah this is where you're gonna want to dip out unless you, d- you just don't care mm-hmm. um season three i actually really liked all the stuff in the town, all like the mm-hmm. the local like secrets and everything. For for the most part, that was the most interesting thing for me too. Yeah, all the stuff in the Priory was super cool. Yes, yeah. Uh, who the fuck is the guy they introduced in season three? Saint Germain. Yes. Yeah. Saint Germain is awesome. He's pretty cool. Love everything about his character, the voice actor. That's Bill Nye. It's Bill fucking Nye? Nye. N-I-G-H-Y. Oh. <laughs> you thought oh, it was, I thought it was Bill Nye the Bill science Nye guy. Bill Nye the fucking science guy. Hang on, let's look that up real quick to verify that it's Bill Nye. Yeah, he's St. Germain. Yeah, not Bill Nye the science guy. Thank you, thank you for fact-checking me <laughs> as we're recording. <laughs> so, yeah. Bill Nye, the voice actor, not Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> He's not even a voice actor, usually. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He did a really good job as St. Germain. He did. I did not recognize him at all. Once, Fucking... once I knew it, I, I I could tell, but yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Anything else that was like... What, what about like Isaac and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Isaac's entire arc in season three, fantastic shit. Probably the best part of the whole se- uh, the whole season yeah a lot of people have been saying that i think i still might like there are parts of isaac's arc that i really like but i think overall i probably prefer the village plot line a little bit more um just because i really like trevor and sypha and i also like the certain elements of that that conflict are interesting to me um yeah yeah isaac's pretty good in season two as well to be fair i think he's one of the better parts of season two he is Um, he is but yeah isaac's arc was really good um alucard's arc was strange it was there yeah it and here's one of the issues i have with season three alucard might as well not have been there for the most part yeah uh he takes two japanese kids under his wing yeah that's pretty much it yeah well and wink wink yeah it's called burying the lead (laughs) with um with Alucard's stuff, I felt like they either needed to do way more with it or less with it. Like, just make it, a, again, make it a one or two episode thing instead of randomly cutting to, like, these really awkward exchanges between them where, like, I spent the whole season being like, are these guys evil? These guys have got to be evil. And then randomly, there's a scene where they are completely alone talking to each other. And I'm like, this is the moment we're going to see them do or say something sinister. And then they fucking don't. Yeah, they just go like, yo, we, yo, Alucard's been really cool to us. We should, yes, we should give him a present or something. Yeah, I saw a really funny comment about that where somebody was like, they did so little to foreshadow that this reward was like a bad thing that I legitimately thought they were gonna make him a pie. Like I I thought they were gonna give him some baked goods or something, like as thanks for his hospitality. Like, you, like most. Typically, when you got a scene like that where they were by themselves talking about their plans, there would be like. A, a creepy music sting or they'd smirk at each other or they'd just straight up say hey let's fucking kill him but like they, 
But that moment, I think, was purely a fake out because very briefly I was like, oh my god, maybe they're not evil. Of course they're, they're evil. Yeah, I figured they were. I, I kept waiting like, <coughs> all right, it's episode nine here. Mm-hmm. They got to they gotta jump into uh, all the all the priory stuff at some point. They're going to show up yeah. and help. Uh, they're, they're, the, the two uh, Japanese people, uh, god damn it, what are their names? I think Taka and Suki. Yes, yeah, Taka and Suki. Something like that. They're going to join Alucard. They're going to go out to town name. I didn't retain any fucking knowledge from this show. No. God damn it. They're going to jump in at some point, and they don't. They have an entirely different plot line. Well, one of the things that I was expecting, because several times they, they specifically ask, does the castle still move? They keep asking, does the castle still move? Are you lying to us? I bet you can move it and you just don't want to admit it. And the whole season, what I thought that was leading to was crisis breaks out where Trevor and Sypha are. Alucard has to quickly move the castle to the village to help them out. Yeah. that I thought they were planting the seeds for that. And I think I would have liked that more. Anything to happen. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Alucard could have been left out of this season and yeah. it wouldn't have changed a goddamn thing. I think they were trying to set up a character turn for him next season. Like, clearly, they're trying to foreshadow that he's becoming more like his father. They want him to... I don't know if they're going to make him a full bad guy, but I do know in the games, at some point, he becomes really jaded and dis- like displeased with humanity. He like goes to sleep for like 800 years at some point or something because he's just sick of the bullshit. Um, so I think there may, I'm, I'm expecting that if we get a season four, Trevor and Sypha will meet Alucard again and not be happy with the way he's behaving now. Um, like I think maybe he's going to be a little more misanthropic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right. Um, but I think there were other ways to accomplish that. And I, I do question why they did this specific route with him. I also thought at some point Isaac's arc was going to tie back in because it's briefly revealed that the visitor, which is like the, the big glowy monster that. You know, makes the monks go crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very briefly mentioned that he's one of Isaac's creations and that he was like Isaac's contingency plan. So I was like, halfway through his quest, Isaac's going to realize that his contingency plan is active and he might even jump in to try and stop it because he might be having second thoughts about that whole path now. Um, granted, he doesn't have like an easy way to get back to, you know, to the... You know, the center of the action, like, you know, Alucard does. But Yeah, he, he keeps getting run out of port towns, and people keep yeah. getting slaughtered. I did expect stuff to tie together more, but I think largely they were interested in setting up a new season, which I don't think they're probably going to get. But uh, that's that, we can talk about that more later. Um, but, uh, so what was some stuff that you really didn't care for in this season? I mean, we've talked about, like, maybe some of the arcs could be handled differently, but... Most of Alucard shit this season. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be, like you said, it's supposed to be like, oh, is he going to follow the footsteps of his father? Is he going to honor his mother's wishes? Mm. Whatever. Like, none of that shit mattered, honestly. No. There were, there would have been better ways to do it. Yeah. Hector's stuff was alright. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of all Hector's stuff. I th- Hector's stuff disappoints me a little bit because they kind of repeated his arc from last season where he lets himself fall for a beautiful woman and then gets turned into her slave. You know? God, I wish that were me. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> but, um... I think it would have been interesting if he and Lenore had legitimately fallen in love. I think that that would have been an interesting subversion. Like, because Hector has already, like, fallen for a woman and regretted it, it would have been interesting to see him hesitant to fall for a vampire woman only to learn that his, like, suspicions are unwarranted. 
yeah. or, or misplaced. I think that would have been more interesting. Why would anything nice happen in this world? I know, I know. Some bad stuff for me was, I will say, again, it's it feels fairly fillery. It's kind of stagnant in a way that like a 10 episode season really shouldn't be. Um, I do think there's some notable dips in animation quality in this season. The action sequences still look gorgeous, but every once in a while, something looks real bad. Um, there's a scene that I wanted to point out to you specifically where Trevor and, um, the judge are sitting like at like a pond, I think. And the judge has like a wine skin and he's drinking from it and he tosses it to Trevor to get a drink. And it is so bad looking. Literally, he just like flicks his wrist and the like wine skin flies in like a perfectly straight line into Trevor's hand. <laughs> um, or like there's a scene we were making fun of where like in season or sorry, in episode 10, I think Isaac runs up to a door and kicks it in. It looks pretty bad. It's very obviously like two frames <coughs> and they yeah. hit it with a bunch of like yeah. post effect shit. Yeah. It, what we said was it literally looked like they like mouse dragged him to the door and then the door exploded open <laughs> and they made sure to like get it kind of blurry and shaky. So you couldn't really tell. Yeah. There, there yeah. there's a lot of tricks they use that don't, work as well as they do in anime yeah there's there's a moment after like the big climactic like part of the battle with trevor and the the visitor where like sypha's helping him up and there's like very obvious frame skips oh yeah it gets kind of like the movement gets kind of janky all of a sudden um super jarring especially because it's coming out of a super fluid action sequence yes yeah yeah um i also think like the main cast is still amazing as far as voice work goes I think that the twins who seduce Alucard, horrible voice actors. Oh, man. I thought they were real bad. Ugh. Not only did their accents sometimes sound really wrong, but a lot of times, like, the emotions on their faces didn't even come close to matching their voices. There were a couple times where you could tell it was, like, just line reading. Yes. Um, or, like, when, uh, wait, specifically when they've got Alucard wrapped up on the bed and the... the, the wink. <laughs> the girl uh, he didn't wrap up you know it um there there's a couple of um there's a couple of moments where the girl in particular shouts at him and the voice sound the voice does not sound shouty but the face looks shouty <laughs> it, yeah it's, it's yeah really it, bothers it's me. this normal talking voice but it's like yeah like she's shouting at him yeah yeah it's very weird um overall though i think i'm I don't know. I wouldn't say I prefer it over season two, but I think it, I like it just as much. I think the filler parts felt higher quality than the filler of season two. I will say I prefer season three over season two okay. and one easily. Season three is easily my favorite okay. so far. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, like, Isaac's shit and Alucard's shit are both obviously filler. Yeah. Away from the main story of Sypha and Trevor in yeah. this town. But Isaac's shit was so fucking tight that I didn't care. Yeah. Alucard shit I did care because that is basically fucking useless. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say, like, the filler... Like I said, the filler in season two often feels kind of pointless. Like, oh, watch Dracula kill people. It's not like you didn't know he did that already. Like, you know, you're, we could be showing you, like, interactions between him and his wife or him and, him and Alucard, but we won't do that. Here's five minutes of vampires slaughtering people. Yeah, for no reason, really. Um, in this season, when they did the filler, it was at least doing, like, character work. 
Like, every character has an arc in this, even if it's a small one. Yeah. Alucard does change by the end of this season. Sypha has, like, a revelation about the horrors of humanity by the end of the season. Even Trevor, like, we see Trevor in that conversation at the pond. He's talking to himself about Sypha, and he's basically saying, like, be careful, don't get too happy. It's only a matter of time before it goes all wrong. And then, you know, the whole judge thing happens, and Sypha's miserable, and Trevor seems kind of, like, snap back to reality. Whoop, there goes gravity. <laughs> you know? Um, and, like, I, I you know, heck... Hector's arc is kind of weak. It's literally just him learning to trust again and then remembering that he shouldn't trust people. Yeah. Um, that's half of Isaac's arc. Yeah, I, I actually thought Isaac's arc was really interesting. I, I think people have kind of simplified Isaac's arc. I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, Isaac's arc is about him learning to see the good in humanity and maybe, like, question his beliefs. And while I think that's a small part of it, I would argue Isaac's arc is, actu arc is actually about the futility of looking for the good in humanity. Because for every kind person he meets, he meets a horde of angry people with weapons who want to kill him, or a crazy mage that's enslaving people seemingly for purely, like, shallow, selfish, superficial reasons. Like, I want to build a big city, you know? Um, and there's this great line in season 10, or not season, I keep saying season 10. In episode 10, I think, there's, a, uh, there's this great line where... Um, Isaac comments that, like, maybe if we leave the city standing, people will live in it someday or it will become a monument. And he says something along the lines of, like, another happy thought dies in its sleep. Which I think is him commenting on the fact that, like, I am finally starting to learn that it is hopeless to have these th happy thoughts. Because nice people are the exception to the rule. Um, you know, good things happening, that's the exception to the rule. Which I think is interesting, it, it, it's it's easily of the quote unquote filler stuff. It's easily the most entertaining, yeah. Because most of his shit is action scenes, yeah. And also because there's such a defined like arc for him, yeah. So one thing that I really liked about this season that we haven't touched on yet is that it's vaguely Lovecraftian, and I, I I've been seeing a lot of fans discussing this. I, I think it is quite Lovecraftian in its in its way. Oh yeah, no, this whole season is like. Is some real, like, spooky village in the woods, eldritch shit going on, but no one knows why or where. Yeah. Specifically, like, the the visitor, there's a, something very Lovecraftian about him. Um, there's still, like, satanic imagery around him and stuff like that, and, like, seeing him crucified is very classic Castlevania, but, like, he's also, like, glowy, and he, his whole thing is that he's trying to harness, like, a bizarre space-time portal to resurrect Dracula, um, and there's this really, one of my, what, for me, one of the, like, more chilling moments in, at the beginning of the season was when they talk about the, the visitor entering the church and, like, somebody asks, like, what happened then? Or, like, they killed them all or whatever. And, um, Judge, I think, says, no, he talked to them. And you see, like, the lights, or the, you see, like, the windows lighting up with, like, the same, like, spooky glow. And it's, like, the idea of, like... A cr like a creature with like mystical or supernatural elements to it speaking some kind of like horrible truth to this these men that drives them insane and changes their entire worldview that's like very lovecraft and you you see a little cthulhu man yeah yeah i really want to steal him for our for our podcast yeah you no. know, appropriate him for our for our yeah. cover supposedly he's based on an actual Castlevania enemy called Malachi, but Malachi is very clearly based on Cthulhu, so. 
But yeah, the Lovecraftian element was really fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, re- I'm remembering Manly Cthulhu now, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very minor thing, but uh, you very briefly, as um, I think St. Germain's going downstairs for the first time, you see lots of like little glowing mushrooms. That gave me like a Jeff Vandermeer vibe, and he's a slightly Lovecraftian writer. He wrote the book that the movie Annihilation is based on. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, he's a really great writer. But, uh, but yeah, um, the, the final few action sequences are amazing. We finally get to see Sypha use lightning. Um, Sypha's flying around like Iron Man. Pretty, <laughs> pretty dope. Um, it's super fucking cool. That moment where she's, like, ice skating with fire is incredible. Yes! Um, just, just the multitude of creative ways they have of, of dispatching these monsters yeah yeah is fucking great she uses a destructo disc yeah and she murders like four monsters and somehow still embeds the ice in the wall yeah it's an insane throw it's yeah all right we're not gonna get into it if i don't mention it now can we get this how fucking gory this show is oh yeah 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 it's incredibly gory this show is disgustingly gory yeah people are stabbed arrowed Stomped on, burned, beat up, burnt, killed in horrifying ways. More than once, someone's head is caved in with a horse's foot. One of the things that hoof? I've... Is it a hoof? Yeah, hoof. Oh, alright. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I find interesting about the show is, like, lots of anime has gotten quite violent, but it's very rare that you'll see, like, a super violent animated show where they actually show guts... Like, there are multiple moments where somebody's guts are just spilling out, or they're, like, draped around, like, a, the, the town wall, or there's a, there's a still shot in season three where a dude's holding his guts in his hands and, like, screaming. Um, you see a lot of brains. Yeah, so you see some, you see heads on pikes, you, uh, there's a, a moment in, like, episode one of season one where, like, unborn, like, bat demon fetuses rain from the sky... It's quite gory. It doesn't really bother me. I, I think it's. I think it works perfectly fine. Uh, no, it works great. I'm just surprised at like everything is on screen. There nothing happens off screen that isn't paid off. Yeah. Like every kill is front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trevor hasn't. Tre- I was a little happy. I thought Trevor got a little sidelined in season two. It was more like Alucard season. The exact fucking opposite happened here. <laughs> Although Sypha was pretty central in this in this season. Um, yeah. But, like, Trevor dual-wielding his whips was perhaps absurd, but also really cool. He's OP for no other reason than he can swing two whips wildly at the same time without tangling them up. <laughs> Which um, is a superpower in of itself. Yeah, I bet he was... Uh, dude, how do you think he has a jump rope? Master. Master. Goddamn master. Okay. Season four, he invents jump rope. <laughs> <laughs> that's his entire arc there you go yeah every time a character becomes important they have to be less important in the next season so he's just gonna invent jump rope in the background <laughs> and if the jump rope grazes alucard he'll like half explode oh fuck <laughs> yeah uh one extremely small nitpick i have with action sequences in this show is that like the whips always look gorgeous and trevor uses them in surprisingly inventive ways the lengths of them are horribly inconsistent though that's an extreme nitpick for me, but like the like the Morning Star on his belt looks relatively short, and then he whips it out, and it's like as long as the room he's fighting in. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it goes from like 
it goes from like eight feet to like eighty feet real fucking quick. Oh yeah, Elicard's sword is massive. Yes, I, I really like that though. It's really long. I love it. And they they talk about that in this season. One of the twins is like, "Why is your sword so long?" And I'm like, "Cause it looks cool, idiot." <laughs> and Alcor explains it like, so people stay out of my fucking range. Yeah, yeah. Um. So practical and effective. I guess we should talk about the sex stuff. I. I do want Lenore to step on my balls. Oh man, and I... that's 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 something I've never expressed before in my life. Yeah, this the, the, <laughs> the final ch- couple episodes. Lenore of the changed show. me. Yeah, the final couple episodes of season three really awoke something in me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, she's great. Um, oh god, damn right she is. I mean, poor Hector, but like, she's very, uh, very cute. Yeah, on one side, like poor Hector, he's a literal slave to a vampire woman. Yeah, but on the same hand, like, God, I wish that were me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We see Hector's dick. We do. That shit is uncut. Yeah. Yeah. Something I didn't realize is you briefly see the the male twins as well. I missed both of those the first time I, I watched through. Somehow. Yeah, I had to go back. Did I just see his dick? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do you think? What do you think about the sex scenes? Do you think they added anything beyond like fan service? Like, do you think they were important? It's the best thing that could have happened in Elicard's situation. Yeah. That, that's what we were getting at, is, is that they're, they're, uh, the twins, their big, like, you know, present for Alucard is an incestuous three-way. Yeah. Well, then they try to kill him afterwards. Yeah. For some reason. I, I, I'm still not sure why. Well, they claim that they, that, like, apparently they think he's holding out at the, out on them, and if they just kill him, then they can loot the castle for everything they need, which is, like, probably not true. But, like, whatever. It's um, something to do, I guess. Usually I'm in favor, not because I'm, like, a prude or anything. I just think sex scenes r- rarely add much, like, substance to to something, like, to TV or, or movies. I think these were handled slightly better than usual. Like, a lot of times when you see sex scenes and stuff like this, it is obviously just fan service. Th- there was purpose, for at least for uh, Hector's sex scene, there was purpose. Yeah. It was Lenore slowly gaining his trust. Yeah. I also thought they were just integrated into the flick structure of the episode in an interesting way. Because as Isaac is having his big fight and Trevor and Sypha are starting theirs... Hector's sex scene starts and Alucard's sex scene starts. And the more they go along and the more they're juxtaposed with the horribly gory combat scenes, the more creepy and questionable they become. And Alucard and Hector's betrayals happen at the same time as Isaac's fight wraps up. So it's like they, the climaxes happen at the exact same time. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Isaac has like a turn for the better where he overco- he overpowers the the mage and succeeds but then meanwhile like cracked mirror version you know Hector and Alucard are betrayed at the same time it's it's like weirdly like they weirdly made sex feel like a battle in an, in, in kind of a strange way yeah um which I've never really seen done before here's a slightly controversial question how consensual did you interpret the scene with Alucard to be because I, 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 I did hear some stuff about people were kind of iffy yeah. on that scene. Uh, everything looked to be in the up and up to me. Yeah. At least until the fucking, the weird, like, yeah. bondage device and the fucking swords come out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty obviously bad. Um, 
<laughs> Lenore didn't awake that much in me. Only <laughs> <laughs> um, use sword to the bedroom with consent. <laughs> shut up. Um, what was I going to say? Fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, I think at least initially it's certainly meant to be painted. Well, like, there's a moment where, like, he, like, actively, like, leans into, like, a kiss or, like, even goes for the kiss and stuff like that. I think one of the reasons people questioned whether it was really consensual is because there's a moment where Alucard, like, turns his head and begins to cry. I can see why people had that interpretation, I suppose. I thought it was meant to be, like, crying because he's having human contact after being so lonely for so long, you know? That's the way I saw it. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not going to completely discredit, you know, the other standpoint. I, I kind of get where people are coming from. I saw a lot of people saying that, like, the twins were taking advantage of Alucard's, like, vulnerability and sadness and that that is manipulative and harmful and Alucard is, like, simul... Like, Alucard may have initially seemed interested, but now he's, like... Got some, like, resentment building up or something. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Wasn't my takeaway, personally. Um, But I get weird. The more questionable thing is that I think technically Alucard is, like, pretty young. Because they make a point of saying that he aged very quickly. And Saifa points out that, like, he's not as mature as he initially seems. Like, he is, like, a kid or young teen in an adult's body. Yeah. And that's where it gets kind of creepy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's where it's uncomfortable. Um, but uh, people complaining about Alucard b- being bisexual, who gives a fuck? It's fine. It's 2020, guys. Like, the coronavirus is going to take all of us. Might as well get some... Shut the fuck up! Don't say stuff like that! <laughs> Might as well get some action while we're at it. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> don't make up lies. Oh, fine. Don't actually worry about it. I don't. I gotta break down this fucking talk about our Netflix series. We can talk about the global pandemic right God. now. God, <sighs> just wash your hands, guys. Please. Oh, I was gonna say it's, it was either the showrunner, or one of the major creatives, directly answered a question on Twitter saying that yes, Alucard is bisexual. That that was another piece of the puzzle that made me think that it probably was a consensual scene. Was that? I I think they were saying that like yes, like Alucard was. Well, I don't know. It, it weirdly enough, in a show that's sixty percent filler and backstory, <laughs> Alucard's sexuality, which yeah. is a weird thing to say, Alucard's sexuality needed a little more fleshing out. I guess. Hector got fucked. He did. Like, I mean, Alucard got fucked, but like, they both got metaphorically fucked. Hector, as well yeah, as Hector. <laughs> Hector being... got metaphorically fucked. Yeah, but yeah, I thought uh, you know. Maybe those scenes could have been cut or censored a little bit more, but I, I thought they were handled in a relatively tasteful way. Yeah. Um, and mad props for, like, yeah, we got some titties in the in the sex scenes, but we also got some dicks. We got dick first. Yes. Which I, I'm like, if you're going to show female nudity, show male nudity. We never get dick first. Shut the fuck <laughs> Oh, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I think the, the last thing we need to talk about then is the judge twist at the end. Oh, yeah. What'd you think uh, of that? I didn't like it. Yeah. It's, it's another one of those where, like, the thing they're getting at is that, like, you know, maybe Dracula's not so, maybe Dracula's not so far off that humanity is fucked. Fucking everyone's a terrible person yeah. in this show. Yeah. Or at least most of, most people are. Like I said, it's the, the good people are the exception to the rule in this show. And there's not very many exceptions. Yeah. This show, like, seasons one and two I would describe as cynical. I think this this season is borderline nihilistic. 
Um, where, like, the point at the end is for pretty much everybody but Isaac, everybody is miserable. Everybody is 100% more miserable than they were in, during the first episode of the season. Yeah. But a lot of... I, this has been probably the most controversial aspect of the season amongst fans that I've seen, is that a lot of people have said, like I said, pure, purely shock value, purely tacked on, didn't need to happen at all, and if it was gonna, it shouldn't have been, like, the stinger at the end of the episode, you know? I called the judge being evil is a joke yes because and then it really like, happened he yeah. told this he told each of the like you know turn right at the grove go to my apple tree blah yeah. blah blah and i'm like oh that kid's fucking dead isn't he yeah as a joke and then oh wait that kid's actually fucking dead yeah one thing i feel you can't say is that it wasn't foreshadowed because it definitely is i mean i called it there's the yeah right there's the scene with the there's a scene where he he directs the kid to the apple tree there's a scene where he comes out of that back room like sweating like furiously you know the room where he hides the shoes (laughs) um and then there and then like every time you're in judge's house you see the key on the plate so there, and he has his creepy lines about, you know, oh, it has its little pleasures, you know. There are hints, there are clues that this is an element of the show. But certainly there was some element of shock factor to it, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm not going to pretend that it's the best, it, it's, it was handled the best way it possibly could. I will, however, defend it as being not as pointless as a lot of people say it will. I think it's pretty important to Sypha's arc in the season. Yeah, because early in early in the season, you see that Sypha had like is like really excitable and gung ho about like adventuring and killing monsters, like almost to an uncomfortable degree, I think. Like, she's not just, like, comfortable with the gore and violence. She, like, looks forward to it. Like, she is perfectly... Like, she is excited to hunt down and murder, like, brutally murder these night creatures, which the scene with Isaac and the and the bug man would seem to humanize the, the night creatures a little more than we were previously led to believe. Yeah. You know, like, that was about how, you know, maybe the night creatures are a little more complicated. But she she's very gung-ho about killing them. I would argue even without that information that we get from the bug creature, there's something uncomfortable about relishing in, like, violence and danger and gore like that. Um, so I think... I think to a certain extent the judge twist was meant to remind Sypha that, like, life isn't a game and they're living, like, legitimately dangerous lives and... Something that I've, I've argued to, to people is that, like, p- probably part of why Sypha has such an easy time with the night creatures is because, like, they seem to be 100% evil. Like, they're, like, abominations who just kill and tear people apart. So she can, like, easily compartmentalize them in her mind as being entirely evil and monstrous. Oh, yeah. And, like, she can think of defending people from monsters as, like completely objectively good but then she's confronted with this situation where she meets this man who breaks that mold where like on the surface he seems perfectly nice but he is monstrous in his own way it's it's the idea that her conception of what a monster is isn't so clear-cut after all um, even when she's dealt with shitty people in the past, they're like holding torches and pitchforks. Like they're, they're obviously bad people, but judge was outwardly, you know, he was an asshole, but he was outward, outwardly a perfectly like respectable man. Um, he was strict. He was a hard ass, but like, she's legitimately sad to see him dying there at the end. Um, and then she has this revelation that, oh my God, we just killed all these monsters and the biggest monster was under my nose all the time. Yeah. And not just that he would not. It's it's not just that there there's monsters all around you that you can never see. It's that people can be monstrous in ways you would never expect. 
And for me, the thing that really solidifies that arc is at the end, Trevor has his comment about, we had a few months in your life, adventures and fun and monster hunting, but then we just had a day in my life. Because this is a lesson Trevor's already learned. The judge thing could have been handled far better. There is definitely an element of shock, uh, shock value to it. I don't think it's as pointless as some people are saying it is. I think it at least has a, a character purpose. I think season four Cypher will be a lot more like jaded and um, withdrawn than she is now. A little more down to earth again. At this point, we're the I'm actually kind of interested yeah. in these characters finally because a bunch of this different shit is happening. Yeah. So I do hope there's a season four. I, I will probably end up watching it at some point. Yeah, I, I'm very hopeful. For all of my, I do have problems with the show, but for all of my problems, I overall do really, really enjoy it. I will definitely watch season three again, um, and I'll probably watch seasons one and two again eventually. It's a pretty bingeable show with a lot of little things to love about it, so. Yeah. Um, I probably won't watch again. Okay. At least not seasons one and two. Okay. Just, I, I, it was, it, uh, maybe, maybe it'll be better now that I'm not having to do it for, quote unquote, my job. <laughs> yeah. But... I, I don't know. I just, wasn't, I just wasn't super into it until season three, which is a weird thing to say for, like, yeah. anything. Oh, when you get through the first couple seasons, yeah. uh, it gets really good after that. Yeah. It's not, just, so di- just, not so different from your super mystery dungeon argument last time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to like things long after people would have left them alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see a season four. I think you'll see a more... Like, a darker take on Alucard, a darker take on Sypha, etc. I think Dracula's gotta come back. I think this season would have felt a lot more worthwhile just if he had come back at the end. It would have made it feel like it felt like it was all leading to something. Yeah, because where do they realistically <coughs> go from there? Yeah, I think I think Dracula's got to come back. Suppose seemingly it's going to be like Carmilla and Hector versus Isaac, which I think will be very interesting. But like, you got to come up with stuff for Trevor and everybody to do. Maybe they'll just go there to, to you know. Because presumably there will be bystanders caught in this war, so maybe the main cast will meet up there. I don't know. Hopefully. Um, I will say, though, I'm highly skeptical that it will get a fourth season. Um, so, season two was greenlit the day season one came out, and I think season three was similarly... Like, I think season three was announced around the same time season two came out, maybe even a little before. Um, Netflix is usually really quick to announce the other season on their yes. shows. For anybody who doesn't know, there's been a lot of talk. I, I can't remember how like confirmed this is, but that supposedly Netflix has developed like a general rule where unless they have like an absolute smash hit on their hands, that they generally try to only give any given show three seasons. Because Netflix's whole thing is, especially now that like Disney Plus is a competitor, we need to generate as much new content as possible, make sure there's enough of it for it to like be binged and create a conversation, but we don't want to keep sinking money into stuff because beyond the third season, you usually start to see diminishing returns. Um, again, I might not be entirely right about that, but that's something I've very frequently heard about Netflix. And given the fact that they're usually so quick to greenlight stuff, I'm highly skeptical of the fact that we'll get a fourth season i want one yeah even i do like yeah. I'm, I'm actually into the show now like uh. anyway why don't you wrap this horrible shit up man this All fucking right. this fucking shameful shit show that we call a podcast <laughs> it's uh, it's something this is episode 10 Woo, yeah, that's like episode 100 for us. It's dog years. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that would be episode 70. This but... podcast is released in dog years. <laughs> episode 70, guys. We did it. Um. So, yeah. My name's Dakota. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dak Wrestleford. My name's Brian. You can't find me, hopefully. Yeah, probably. Don't you, look, you look hard enough. Please don't. <laughs> um, you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at. I feel like I'm throwing it anyway. Even though people are listening, I gotta throw it in somewhere. Um, you know, have a wonderful night, guys. Uh, wash your hands. Please wash your hands. That's very important. We'll now. try not to talk about the coronavirus next time. I'm sick of talking about it. Yeah, you know, next uh, next week, whatever we're doing next week, no coronavirus stories. Okay. That'll probably be all the stories, so we just might not... We'll skip news. Yeah. It's, fi- it's fine. Fuck it. I like the news, but whatever. Yeah. Alright, so, for Cthulhu Light Show, I'm Dakota. I'm Brian, or whatever. And this has been uh, an episode of our podcast. Wait, can you be Dakota and I'll be Dakota backwards? Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, alright, uh, I'm Dakota. At, I'm Atocad. And this, yeah, Atocad. I'm I'm Atocad. And this surely has been Cthulhu Light Show. And don't call me Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong button, motherfucker. God damn it. (laughs)